Shall fill the right prevail with peace on earth, good will to men. The world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chant, a sign sublime—a peace on earth, goodwill to men—and the bells are ringing like a choir. They're singing, and with our hearts, we'll hear them. On earth, good will to men. Do you hear the bells? They're ringing. The life, the angels singing. Open up your hearts and hear them. Peace on earth, good will. Caleb, that's a powerful song by Casting Crowns, if you've not heard that in the Christmas time. And uh, this Hope of Christmas is a series that we're on. We're on the third one, the H-O-P-E, 
the hope of Christmas. And Jesus is our pursuit. This is our theme verse, Isaiah 9-6. Jesus, it's all about Him. He's our hope. In that verse, the great prophet Isaiah said that He is wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And, uh, and just, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on during Christmas time. Uh, a lot of things happening. And that song was talking about, uh, as he looked around, and he didn't have any peace. And stuff was going on in his life. I mean, when you feel like your life is out of control, the Lord's saying, I'm right here. I'm offering peace in your heart. And the world may be all in an uproar, but even in the midst of a storm, Jesus can calm the storm in your heart and in your life, no matter what you're going through. Just like He's able to walk on water, He's able to be there for you whenever everything is falling apart. And thank the Lord for that peace. And the reference to hearing the bells means you hear the Lord's call, you hear Him speaking to you. And it's up to you what to do with Jesus. It's up to you whether to give Him the reins to your heart, the, the steering wheel. Put him in the driver's seat. It's up to you to do those things. And so we're going to talk about Jesus being our pursuit. So if you wouldn't mind, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Just a, a short passage here this morning. We will read verses 24 through 26. I'm in Matthew 16, verse 24. The Word of God says this, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. For what is it profited a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Father, help us to make you our pursuit this holiday, this Christmas time, and all the time. All the time. Amen. You may be seated. Our pursuit. Jesus, uh, there's so much going on. Uh, I know I put in your outline, I hope you got a bulletin on the way in. Most right now are pursuing that perfect gift. Uh, You're trying to finish off your list. You're pursuing an endless list. Uh, You may be pursuing making others happy. Some are pursuing selfishness. Uh, there's all sorts of pursuits that are going on right now uh, in our lives that, that we have, that we face. And, uh, you know, and, and happiness is hard to come by. There's, it's really hard uh, because happiness is based upon circumstances. Uh, there's sometimes people are great, there's great joy. 
on Christmas morning. Uh, for a lot of kids, when they get that awesome gift, there, there is. There's all these things that we're pursuing. Um, you know, and, and, and on the slide, and I think in the bulletin, the last point that I put on there, I think about broken homes at Christmas. I was raised in a broken home. And to me and uh, my sister Dana was one of the hardest times of the year. We, because there's only one Christmas day. And we had to split that between two homes. And it didn't matter what me and my sister picked. We we're going to make somebody upset. So we're, we're doomed from the start. We've sat on the edge of the bed. I looked at Dana and she looked at me and tears streaming down our face. Saying, whose heart do we break this year? Broken homes at Christmas time. Some people pursue, and it puts a whole new perspective on getting the right gifts. The silver lining to that cloud was we did we always got double Christmas. We got gifts at Mom's house, and we got gifts at Dad's house. That's about the only silver lining to that picture. And the same thing at Thanksgiving, and uh, we had the old standard every other weekend and two weeks during the summer visitation time with Dad. And I'm very thankful the way God turned those things out for us in our life. And God, uh, Dad's saved and serving the Lord and my, all my family is. And I'm so thankful for that. And you realize that there's things more important than a gift. What are you pursuing? What's important to you this morning? What are, what's Above all things. And then, you know, later it seems like, you know, the old saying, you know, if I had known then what I know now. And a lot of us that are, you know, middle-aged and older, we know now. Whew, wouldn't it be great to have known that then? And, and like, once you learn these nuggets of wisdom of just living life in a, in a wicked world, you want to impart that to your kids. But I don't know about you. Does it ever seem like whenever you get these nuggets of wisdom that... And you try to tell them they're kids, they say, Psh. is it only ours? And, uh, and you try to pass on something and you say, this, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and they like, Psh. you know, remember that verse when I did the series last year uh, about, uh, there's a verse in the Bible that <laughs> it says that the sinfulness of rolling your eyes. I don't know if your kids have ever rolled their eyes at you, you know, but you know. <laughs> About the eagles eating them out, you know. So don't roll your eyes. There's a verse in the Bible on that, and uh, and so we're going to do that again this year. Matter of fact, I'm looking. Last year I had the series to start out this uh, new year about home improvement, and this year I'm flipping between uh, uh, family matters and the show Full House. Those two shows, I said those are great themes. But, of course, we based on uh, biblical needs for our families today. And looking at this, uh, this is a, a season of our pursuits. The Bible says that the world is endless and full of pursuits. Uh, the, the preacher, that's the name of the book of Ecclesiastes, also another name for Solomon. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 22, the Word of God says this, For what <clears throat> hath man of all his labor in the vexation of his heart, Wherein he hath labored under the sun. In other words, you're just going crazy living life. 
And then it says in verse 23, it says, For all his days are sorrows and his travail grief, yet, yea, his heart taketh not rest at night. Have you ever had those sleepless nights? Just because your pursuits are maybe got you stressed out. This also is vanity. That's another word for emptiness, fruitless, endless, hollow victories. Verse 24, for there is nothing better for a man that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good. Now, it sounds like it's saying the opposite of 22, which means the end of our labor is meaningless, empty. But it says this, if you don't take the time to put your feet up and count your blessings in endless pursuits, because it says to make his soul enjoy good in his labor. That's verse 24. Why? This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Folks, your life is meaningless, empty, fruitless, and you can labor and work overtime and get a, a real nice retirement account and just labor, 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 labor. And, and But without the Lord, what good is it? Without saying, you know, I got this. God has blessed me. He gave it to me and realized that it's all for Him. That my life is empty without Him and without Jesus in my heart. And so that's the endless pursuit. What he's saying, it is good to work. But if we don't put our feet up and say, God, thank, help me to count my blessings. And realize what I have comes from you. The reason for the season, uh, as we often call it, Matthew chapter 1. And I just broke it down here real quick. Just fly through this. This is it. So take time with your kids or grandkids and, and get them unfocused for a little while. You know, nothing wrong with, uh, you know, doing the, the reindeers and the Santa Claus and all of these other things. But to really look at the real reason for the season. And that is this. Look at this. Matthew 1.18. This is what I call the big problem. Matthew 1.18 is the big problem. Now, the birth of Jesus was on this wise, which just means that this is how it all went down. When as his mother Mary was espoused or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child. Whoa! My fiancé is pregnant! That's a big problem. And you're not the daddy. That's what, it, I mean, does that sound like a big problem? I would label verse 18 a big problem. And Joseph is thinking the same thing. Big problem. My fiance is expecting a child. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, the next one, we come up with a plan. He's thinking about what to do. Verse 19, Joseph, her husband, being a just man. In other words, he's got a reputation. <laughs> And not willing to make her a public example. Why? He could have stoned her to death, but guess what? He loves this lady with all his heart. He loves her with all his heart. And he's saying, this young I thought she was a gift from God. She's like a gift to me. But he comes up with a plan. I won't make her a public example, and I'll put her away privately. In other words, we'll take care of this. And he's not talking about sweeping it under the rug. He's just trying to avoid death. Okay, he's just trying to avoid her getting killed because he loves her with all his heart. Well, that's his plan. And then it leads to worry. Have you ever have you ever come up with a plan? You're still worried about it. 
look at his worry and uh, in verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. So notice he says right there, what does it say? While he thought on these things. He's already figured out what he's going to do, but guess what his mind is still occupied with? Man, right now, I guarantee you, there with a crowd this size and a good number, and it's great to see you here, but I guarantee you we got some warriors in this room. We got some people. You, you may not only be worried, you may be stressed out. That's when we say, Lord, I need a word from you. I need, capital, all caps, if we were texting. <laughs> if we were texting the Lord, you'd put that in all caps. I need a word from you. Well, Joseph got a word. They didn't have the Bible back then. He got a word, word, through an angel. And notice, I call it God's answer. Verse 20, the reason for the season uh, I want to finish verse 20. While he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. God planted his seed inside of Mary. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. I got real tickled. A dad uh, was needing, somehow or another, he has misplaced Memo Reese's uh, driver's license. And he's needing to fill out some forms. And he needs a picture ID. And uh, so he was gathering up all he had. And on her birth certificate in 1923, uh, it says, unnamed female. And just, they didn't name her till later. And they never he was saying, surely she's got a up to date birth certificate and it got all the it's got the parents' names and her mom and dad's name and all that. It's kinda of interesting. But guess what? When Jesus was born, they and this was unreal in those days because they didn't have sonograms. They knew he was going to be a boy, and they knew his name already. Given to him by God, Jesus. Jesus Christ, anointed Savior. He is a Savior for me and you. And guess what? And it even gives the game plan right there. What's the game plan? For He shall save His people from their sins. So this is the reason for the season. And I love that song. I've been going over it. And I've been practicing my CD and my cantata and uh, uh, the you know and, and all of that. And, and that song that says that how could she know what she was holding? In her hands that morning, and that the, the answer to all the problems in the world was in Mary's hands after Jesus was born. And uh, so great. So he is worthy of our pursuit. Just look back at our text, which says here in Matthew sixteen twenty four, it says, If any man will come after me. If means it's a choice. He's our, he should be. So it's up to you, folks. You can get saved and then run from God. You, many people have. Many people walk with God, then they go away from God. So what about you this morning? Are you walking? You may be saved this morning, but are you walking with Him? Is Jesus important to you? Are you pursuing Him? Well, Paul had some words of wisdom 
concerning this. Very interesting the way he describes pursuing Jesus. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, our goal. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't got a hold of Jesus yet. That which has got a hold of me. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So he's my goal. Matter of fact, verse 14 even gives more direction to this goal. I press, I push, I plod, I, I go on. You know, have you ever felt like, uh, I remember one time, me and my stepdad, Garvis, he, when we, <clears throat> when he came great, I couldn't have had better step parents. Speaking of growing up in a broken home. And my stepdad, uh, when, when mom and Garvis got married in 1980, um, <clears throat> he had one of those 1978 Toyota Land Cruisers, looks like a Jeep. That thing was bad to the bone. I mean, uh, just, I mean, just a solid, uh, locking differential, Short wheelbase, narrow, just tough, tough four-wheel drive. That maybe we'd go mud riding. I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. Mary just, my, my mom picked a great guy, loves to go mud riding. And so, and one day we were hauling off a bunch of junk in a, in a we had, uh, his dad, uh, Garland's cattle trailer, and we loaded it full of, uh, stuff. We was hauling it off to the ravine. And it had come a big rain, and we, to get to the ravine was way back yonder, and so we dumped everything off. And uh, we, it, Garvis was, he watched his pennies. He didn't believe in electric winches. He believed in come along. We had a show enough come along with a three-foot handle. I got a workout. As a 14-year-old, I come along 400 feet. We took turns. It never would get up on the surface of the dirt. It never would just pull and it was ruts, 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 ruts. And it, it was endless ruts. And it never would come up. But we come along, we come, we'd tie off to this tree and we'd come along, we'd come along that way, come along that way, and we couldn't get out of those woods. But folks, I've, I've, my life has felt that way sometimes. Get stuck in ruts. And you just, you think you're about to get out of, you think you're about to break on the surface and you, you, you're still stuck. And you just and you're grinding and grinding and grinding. The whole time in life, Jesus needs to be our pursuit. It's what it says, I press. I press means you're digging down deep. He's my goal. I have not apprehended that which has apprehended me. In other words, I'm saved. I know Jesus as my Savior, but I need to desperately pursue Him. So many times we, we pursue everything but... Have you ever thought about that? I pursue everything but Jesus. I pursue my education, my job. And you can even put your family ahead of God in your own personal walk with Him. And so it's so important. A matter of fact, it says you need... He says, listen, you need to mark people that set a good example here in our text. It says, mark those who set a good example. Look at verse 17. He said, brethren, be followers together of me. Follow me. Because, and, and, and I'm trying to live a good example before you. And then he even says, and mark them which walk 
So as you have us for an example, which is saying here what? If you know a good example in your church, follow them as they follow the Lord. And there's many times Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow the Lord. In other words, see somebody, I want to be, there's nothing wrong with saying, I want to be like them because they love the Lord. Matter of fact, he goes also to the opposite. He said, don't follow those who don't set a good example. If you look at verse 18, it says, for many walk who don't set a good example, of whom I've told you often that even weeping, he was, Paul's heart was broken because there were church members that were enemies of the cross of Christ. And why were they? Why were this they this way whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? That just means selfish. Whose glory is in their shame? Now notice this. End of verse 19. I'm going to put this the way we live. What does it say? Who mind earthly things. What does that mean? How does that rubber meet the road right there? Why is that a distraction? Because some people's pursuit is not the Lord. They're pursuing whatever. They're pursuing something selfish. They're pursuing something that, that, that's uh, their own desire. They're pursuing, they're not pursuing the Lord. That's all it's saying. Who mind earthly things. Matter of fact, it, he was wrapping up the book of Romans and he basically said the same thing about following good examples and don't follow bad examples. In Romans 16, verse 17, the Word of God says this, I beg of you, brethren, I beseech you, I beg you, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned, which is the doctrine of love, the doctrine of of being kind, the doctrine of being Christ-like, and avoid them. Verse 18, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus, but their own, again, belly means desire. And by good words, in other words, they can try to convince you to follow them and their bad example because they deceive the hearts of of the simple. Mind your what he's so who is worthy of our pursuit? Jesus is worthy of our pursuit. Well, how do you pursue Jesus? Again, back to our text, it says we need to deny ourselves. If any man if any man chooses to come after me, let him notice whether in your Bible or on the screen, it says what? Let him what? Deny himself how am i to pursue jesus the other bad examples that i mentioned those whose god is there i'm not talking about i love food now i love food Whew. i do and i'm <clears throat> doctor said on this stress fracture he said got to rest at two months i'm thinking i just need to pig out for two months <laughs> Enjoy the time off and uh, what have you and uh, get that weight back on up there to 240. <laughs> and uh, that'd, be, that'd be fun going up. It's not fun coming back down. But uh, the belly is, again, not referring to food. It's referring to what do I want. 
And here, so the secret of pursuing Jesus is what? Your Bible, my Bible, look at anybody's Bible. The secret to it is denying self, which just means this, put others ahead of yourself. Jesus put others ahead of you, of himself, excuse me. He died for you. He, he gave his life for me and you. Now he expects you and I to follow him. And so to deny yourself, it's all about Jesus. I love this. this you're talking about being all about Jesus. Life's all about Jesus. Philosophers say this. Do you know the meaning of life? I do. I know the meaning of life is to give God glory. Is, that's it. How do you give God glory? By accepting His Son. That's the way you give God, and then living for Him. And here in Colossians, that's the meaning of life. Give God glory. Colossians 1.14, the Word of God says this, In whom we have redemption. You're saved. How? Through His blood. Oh, by the way, unless you have a King James or a New King James Bible, it leaves a very important phrase out through his blood. Now, I, I like reading all different version Bibles, but it just shows you kind of the accuracy of the King James. If you don't have a King James or a new King James, through his blood will be left out. It may be in a footnote. But anyway, even the forgiveness of sins. And then it says this. Now, Jesus is bragging on Jesus. So He's the way you're getting into heaven. He's the image, verse 15, of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. In other words, every living thing. So when Mary was holding Jesus Christ, she was holding the firstborn of creation. She was holding the answer to your sins and my sins. He would die on the cross. Verse 16. So it's all about Jesus. Paul's writing this down. I imagine him and the Holy Spirit. Man, they was getting it. Man, there was uh, uh, papyrus and ink flying everywhere. He's getting after it. Copying this down in a jail cell. For by him were all things created. Which just means this. Did you know Jesus had a role in creation? Do you know that? Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they all had a role in creation. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. That means there's no alien planets. <laughs> Let me go ahead and put that superstition to rest right there. There's no alien planets out there, okay? And, uh, and so whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities and powers... All things were created by Him and for Him. And notice verse 17. And He is before all things, and by Him all things are... The word consist leaves a lot to the imagination. Actually, a lot to... The original language just means held together. It means Jesus is the glue that holds all things together. And then it says He's the head of the body, the church who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead in all things that everything about life, everything about Jesus, the reason that He's the reason for the season is that verse right there. You know what it says? He. Who's the He? That Jesus might have preeminence in your home? Question mark. 
It, does Jesus have the preeminence, question mark, in your home? Hey, when the Bible says over in Revelation, I'm going to start jumping around. I don't care if this foot is hurting. All right. When Jesus says in all of these things, and, and He died for all, and that He might have the preeminence, that He might be the most important thing in your home. In Revelation, you know what it says? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, I will come in. I don't care if it's your heart or your home. He's not coming in unless you invite him in. That's it. That's a principle. From Genesis to Revelation, that's a principle. Jesus is not coming in your life, your heart. He will not save you without you asking and He will not be Lord unless you allow Him to be. Unless you put Him there. That's why He doesn't say, I'm busting down the door. He doesn't pull an Arnold Schwarzenegger there. He says, I'm standing at the door and knocking. And it's up to you. Is He your pursuit this morning? Galatians 2.20 just simply says this. Uh, hitting, hitting turbo drive here. Galatians 2.20 says this. How do you do it? I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I'm going to live my life. But how am I going to live it? How are you going to live it? I'm going to live it with Christ in me. And it's all about Him. That's what that verse says. Quickly, how do you do this? The, our theme verse of this pursuit this morning says, Take up your cross and follow me. Dr. Luke, the fellow who wrote the book of Luke, also the book of Acts, and uh, he put it this way, I love Luke 9.23. Notice what it says. Same, same uh, verse, really. He just said it a little differently. <laughs> He, he said, don't forget this. In Luke 9.23, the Word of God says this. <clears throat> and He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. It's an everyday choice. When you get up, because, listen, sometimes, folks, you've had a day, a week, a month, or whatever. You haven't followed the Lord. Maybe you got saved back when you were 10, 15, 20, but you hadn't followed the Lord in a long time. The Lord is not preeminent. In your, he's not your pursuit. You can wander around in this old world and be saved, but not live for the Lord. He's not your pursuit. Jesus was preaching hard one day, that very last verse. Man, his, his preaching, if you read that whole chapter, was offensive. It was stout. It was offensive. He looked around, everybody started leaving. They didn't really like those stout words that he's preaching. And he said, will you also go away? You going you to go with them? Apostle Peter, boy, he got it right. What did he say? 
where are we going to go? You have the words to eternal life. There's no other place. There's no other Savior. Is He your pursuit? As we prepare for Him invitation. Father, as we bow our heads, we just ask right now that You would just... If, if there's somebody here that needs to make a decision, that this, they'd do it right now. Right where they're seated. They would rededicate their life. They would uh, say, I, I need to put the Lord back in control of my life. If there's somebody here this morning and they've never prayed and asked Jesus Christ, you, to be their Savior, that they would do that right now. They just realize that we are sinners. That's why we need a Savior. That's why you came. And Father, that you would be in control of this invitation and that you would be in control of our church that you would guide our church and lead our church. Help us to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen.